0: You're listening to the Sketchnote Army Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Grody, the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. And this is the podcast where I chat with sketchnoters and visual thinkers and try to understand what makes them tick. This episode of the Sketchnote Army Podcast is brought to you by
1: something a little different. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Paddy. And together we run the Visual Jam an international visual thinking community
2: whose mission it is to unleash the creativity in every one of us. It all started last summer with our very first guest, the sketchnoting legend, Mike Rohde. And now Mike is joining us once again to launch an exciting new initiative. Hold on, where's he gone? Dunno, mate. He was here a minute ago. He's probably busy doing a mixtape of his favourite 80s new wave tracks.
1: Mike? Mike! Get in here! We're doing the announcement!
2: Oh, hi guys. Are are we
0: doing it now? Yes, we're doing it now. Uh, Okay, sorry.
1: We are super excited to announce the Visual Jam Extra with our special guest, Mike Roddy. Mike is going to deconstruct
2: his sketchnoting process for us. We are going to get inside his brain and understand how he ticks. I'm getting inside Mike's brain. It's awesome in here. What can you see? I can see some classic 80s films. Ooh, I love Back to the Future, and planes, trains, and automobiles. What else? To be fair, there's quite a bit of junk. Gourmet coffee, curry dishes, old Mac Power books. Hold on. I can see some stuff about pens and notepads, so we must be getting close.
1: Oh, yeah, here's the good stuff. All of Mike's sketchnoting knowledge. It's amazing.
2: Oh, that hurts a little bit. OK, Paddy, I guess we'd better stop.
1: OK. But if you want to delve even deeper into the amazing sketchnoting mind of Mike Rohde, then why not join us on Saturday, April the 24th for the Visual Jam Extra. To find out more, check out the link in the show notes. Oh, I need to lie down. Is he okay? Yeah, he'll be fine by the 24th of April. Or at least we hope so. In this episode,
0: I'm joined by Grant Wright and Patty Danda, the two guys who run the super popular monthly online meetup, the Visual Jam. Hear how their Visual Jam plans changed from a local meetup in Birmingham, England into a truly international gathering during the pandemic and lockdowns of summer 2020 and beyond. And don't forget to check out the link for the Visual Jam Extra on Saturday, April 24th, where I'll deconstruct my sketchnoting process with you. Enjoy the episode! Hey everyone, welcome to the Sketch Note Army podcast. I've got two guys on here, uh, that I'm excited to bring to you. is Grant Wright and Patty Danda from the Midlands in the UK around Birmingham. Welcome, guys.
2: Hi, Mike. How are Hi, hey,
0: Mike. You may recognize these names if you have been to a Visual Jam session, and we're going to be talking about their group, Visual Jam, uh, and sort of the genesis of that group and how it's turned into something maybe accidentally more than they had expected, which is awesome because it's a really great event. So welcome, guys. Uh, I'm going to start with Grant first, just to give us some context. Grant, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then follow up once he's done with Patty.
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm uh, I'm self-employed. I, I work for my own company, Scout Solutions. Um, the background of Scout Solutions is is in business analysis and business architecture. And over the years, it's evolved into agile product management service design those kind of things and, and i guess over the last few years i've gradually ramped up visual thinking as part of what i do to kind of amplify the services that my company offers um and, and yeah, started now to try and help others um, introduce visual thinking into, into the, the kind of work that i do so it's kind of just blended in from my consultancy work
0: mm-hmm. how about you patty
1: yeah, so very very similar background to Grant, actually. Um, I, I started in technology as a, a geeky programmer. And over the years, I've done various sort of technology roles, such as business analysis, product ownership, um, and now more recently more into the agile coaching uh, side of things. But my, my current role is it's a blessing and a bit of a curse. So I head up the agile practice for the UK's largest tech uh, training organization, which I, I guess carries a lot of responsibility. So if I think about the sort of the, the remit, you know, I get to decide which courses we have and which ones we don't in our portfolio. So if I pick the wrong courses, uh, it could do a lot of damage. Um, so I'm, I'm still getting my head around things. Uh, but yeah, that, that's just my current role. And I'm a really uh, big advocate of visual thinking. Um, it was something I, I used to love as a child. I used to love art. Uh, but I've I've stopped my creative side for a long time uh, because I didn't think it was that valuable uh, in work, mm. and um, now I've rediscovered it. so that's that's why it's a big part of my life now.
0: Mm. So it sounds like in in a lot of ways similar uh, uh, paths for both of you coming back to visualization in your work and I I assume then probably personal lives as well. And also both into technology space, business uh, and those kind of things. So you have sort of similar, Backgrounds,
2: yeah. Pad- Paddy and I um, kind of, I guess, met or cross paths first through um, through the IIBA, wasn't it? Paddy, Paddy was doing some work um, for the Midlands chapter. Um, I got to the point where my my kids are getting a bit older, and I was starting to get little snippets of time back, so I went across to a couple of events and mm. um, met Paddy. Saw so what he did did in terms of kind of icebreakers and warm ups and things like that, and so we, we got chatting, and that's kind of how we connected. Um, I can't quite remember, Paddy, how that evolved into us working together and doing the visual jam. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember kind of how that, that evolved.
1: I, th- I think there was, a, there was another event that um, then I was presenting at and uh, I reached out to Grant to say, hey, come along. Um, it might be of interest. And I think you you commented on my slides at the time, Grant. You were saying, you know, that you've used a lot of doodles, Paddy. Can, can we sort of talk more about that? Uh, and then I think you'd create a that Oh,
2: course. that was it? Yeah, yeah, the, the one at the um, Birmingham Tech Week you did with feature apps. Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. Yeah, we did the yeah, other, that was exactly it. And, um, and yeah, I, I was practising my sketchnoting skills at, at, at Paddy's event, and uh, I kind of had a go at that and shared it. Um, and it was one of the first things I think I'd actually been brave enough to, to share on mm. social media as well. I'd been doing it for a while for my own benefit, and then... Yeah, got brave enough to share, and yeah, I got some good feedback and plenty likes, and we got we got talking from there. I think
0: mm. we'll have to find that and put that in the show notes to make sure people can have a peek. <laughs> I don't <know> about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I look a bit younger as well in that. In yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so you guys met each other through this, uh, you know, these local events in Birmingham around technology, sketch noting, and sort of this, uh, sort of I guess identification that you both were. Interested in doodling and sketch noting and those kind of things. So, then where did it go? Did you guys ever work with each other, or has it just been more of a friendship that led to the Visual Jam event? And then talk a little bit about the sort of the the genesis of that concept because I think it didn't it didn't end up the way it started for you guys.
2: No, that's right, Paddy. Do you want to do you want to tell the story, or, or do you want me to?
1: Go ahead, you go for it, Grant, and I'll, I'll pitch in.
2: <laughs> no, I mean in terms in terms of working together. No, I mean Paddy and I haven't. Directly work together, although I think we both know lots of people that we've kind of we both worked with in the past. We've, we've kind of crossed paths in, indirectly, but um, no, I think on on the back of um, the the meetups that we talked about and the IIBA events that we we'd attended, we we got chatting about it and we said it'd be good to try and do something in the Midlands because I think there are there are there are some meetup events in the UK, but there was none in the hmm. middle of the country where we are so um so we said "Well, you know we, sh- we should do something in birmingham we started talking about how we'd how we do it and the logistics etc and and then not not long after deciding yeah we're definitely going to do this um obviously this, this pandemic hit and lockdown and and i guess after a bit of time we we started getting itchy feet and said well, we want to do this anyway so it's just let's just do this. Let's just um, let's set up the event. We'll do it virtually. And um, Paddy knows how to use Zoom, so I'll let him do that. And, um, and all we need to do now is, is find a really fantastic guest. So we we thought one and hard about who we could get as the first guest. And um, and we found somebody called Mike Rohdean, if you've heard of him. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, I think so. Yeah. Some crazy guy. I can't remember how um, how that happened. I don't know if I just... Sent you a message, Mike, and then speculate. We said, "Would you be interested?" And I think there was a bit of a delay, and then, and I think you just got back in touch and said, "What is it?" And we talked to you about the idea, and and yes, yeah, so that's kind of how we we moved towards the visual jam. But um, I guess I'll let Paddy do some talking, maybe explain a bit more <laughs> about what the visual jam actually is and the idea behind it.
1: Yeah, I I, I guess. For for any of your listeners that don't know about Birmingham, um, I like to say it's the the city of the Peaky Blinders. So mm, mm-hmm. if, if anyone's a Peaky Blinders fan, they they must have heard of Birmingham, um, because in the UK we often get overshadowed by London. So mm-hmm. I, I think I was I was really keen for us to put Birmingham back on the map as well, because um, you know it's a it's a place that often gets forgotten. Uh, we are the second city within the UK, second largest city, uh, and we just want to really I, I guess invigorate that that whole visual thinking uh, community within uh, the midlands because we couldn't see anyone else doing it here and as grant mentioned we we talked about how we would want the session to go but one thing we were both really clear on i think was as a vision we wanted it to be quite unique uh we wanted it to be fun uh we wanted it to be entertaining almost like a a tv show uh, but what blew my mind was when grant said to me hey um Patty, you know, I've been to a few Indian weddings and uh, I love your music. Uh, and wouldn't it be great to put some Indian music in on the Visual Jam? And that kind of blew my mind because I, I didn't expect that. Uh, but one of the one of the sort of trademarks of the Visual Jam is we spend the first 10 or 15 minutes going through a big global map on Miro. Uh, we get people to put their little post-its on there. With some Bangra music blasting in the background as well, and uh, we always get people asking, "What what track is that?" You know, can you tell us the track? So um, that that's just one of the unique elements I think uh, that we we brought in there. Um, and and it and there's a, there's a few other surprises we've got up our sleeves for next year that we're thinking about already. So uh, so yeah, any any way we can get people to connect, um, either through the visuals or the music or
2: or other.
0: Maybe direct messaging some curry to people. That would be a nice feature next season.
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, when Paddy and I spoke about the visual jam as well, I think it was um, you know with our shared background in in business analysis and facilitation of you know, workshops and training delivery and those kind of things. I think we weren't sure whether to go with the kind of the pure visual theme as well to start with. We we talked about engagement and how can we bring techniques or ideas to the table that can improve engagement and just make work more interesting and, and fun? And, and then I think we settled with the visual jam because, you know, we're both weak in on that and we wanted to kind of learn ourselves a bit. And uh, But also, I think a lot of the things we talked about, they, they complement visualisation. So when we've talked about storytelling and, and game storming, those kind of things, they all they all fit hand in hand. So, so I think our idea is kind of a little bit broader than just pure visual thinking. It, it's about that wider application and engagement as well.
0: Hmm. So it's a kind of holistic view, one of which uh, visualization is part of, right? Which is really good because I think then it's sort of, um, you start to see the overlaps, right? If you think of a Venn diagram, visualization is one of those circles and then these, other two spaces, you know maybe agile and business overlap that, and you get these interesting things in the middle, right that you can probably endlessly have people talk about different things, which is really really fascinating so as I understand, you know you really thought that this was just going to be a local event before pandemic hit. what has surprised you about the internet internationalization see if I can get that word out <laughs> internationalization of uh, of the event because I you know Back when we talked, you really had, didn't know what to expect, right? A lot of times when you start things, you just don't know what to expect. You sort of make your best guess. I mean, when I wrote my books, I didn't even know if anybody would buy them. Was the timing right? Did anyone want this book, right? Like, so, a lot of times you're just guessing in those early stages. Talk about sort of what you expected and then what you, <laughs> what you ended up getting and
2: sort of the, maybe the gap between those two. Yeah, it was, well, it was interesting. We, um, we didn't know whether we were going to get just local people we, we we did consciously market it initially as a local mm-hmm. event through meetup and um and we didn't know whether we were going to get beginners seasoned practitioners who were interested in visual thinking um <laughs> either so we uh um so so i guess we, we didn't really know what to expect but i think the thing that we both didn't expect definitely was the the breadth of the the reach and and you know from episode one just people joining from all over the globe. And we we said, oh, well, we might have a few people from, from different places. So I said to Paddy, well, maybe we could do like a big big map and just in the intro, we'll, we'll talk and see where people are from. And then when we did that, it was it was mind-blowing, wasn't it, Paddy? It was uh, seeing where people are tuning in from and, and uh, yeah, people tuning in at one in the morning from Australia. Shout out to Bronwyn for uh, that one.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, Grant. And, you know, I, I think... In the last session, we we had you know people from I think Brazil, the US, and then on the other side you know Australia, as you mentioned, and someone from Japan, uh, and and then everyone in between from in, in terms of Europe.
2: Oh, we have yeah yeah Africa, Peru, we've got loads
1: yeah. yeah yeah it's it's been absolutely phenomenal, and then to see some people who attend again and again. Uh, repeat offenders um, <laughs> so it's, so it's nice to see those familiar names, but then the, the, the feedback through social media I think that's been the other thing that's really blown us away is uh, people posting on social media, just the amount of fun they're having with with the visual jam um, it's always really nice to be tagged in on those messages um, so that, that's a real nice surprise. something again I, I don't think we would have ever. Assumed beforehand um that we were going to get all of that love uh, so yeah it's been it 's been absolutely awesome uh in that respect
0: it's really great, I think um you know some of the bright spots that i think I think of in the pandemic, and there's you know plenty of things to be down about of course, but um some of the great things are the visual jam and uh, the access that I have to other events that normally i wouldn't be at, be able to access so i 've been to a meet up in Copenhagen. Um, I've talked to people in Germany like it's opened up uh, and I think connected across countries and oceans uh, people who might normally not be connected I think that's a really positive thing because we see that there's a lot more that we align on and that we are connected by than we're separated by which is definitely a counter to some of the some of the current narratives that try to divide right so I think I appreciate that you guys make this space where we can see the commonalities and find ways to connect with each other. So uh, thank you for for going forward with it. It, Certainly, it would have been easy for you guys to just say, oh, it's too much work. You know, it's a pain. Um, I'm just going to watch movies or something, right? But you chose to invest time in this. So thank you for making that happen and and sharing the visual jam with us. And I, I just hope that it continues to bear fruit and bring new people to us that we can see and explore. I know I've been exposed to some people that I hadn't been aware of. So it's really great that way.
1: No, thanks, Mike. And ju- just to maybe add to that, um, the, the next one, which is, I think uh, it, it's on the 12th. Grant, I may have got the date wrong, but 12th of November, I think. Um, we've had to actually upgrade our Zoom account because um, <laughs> the the original allocation got filled up within 48 hours. So wow. uh, we, we decided to kind of expand it to 500 I think we're up to just over two hundred at the moment registered, mm. uh, and we haven't really promoted it. So um, I, I think this week we're going to promote it a little bit more, and um, and yeah, hopefully that'll 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 get close to that five hundred mark. But mm. it, it's again surpassed our expectations.
0: Wow, thinking about the future, do you have some? I mean, are you thinking about this as seasons? Is it just a continuous thing that happens every at periodic times? Do you have ideas for future? things that you might want to try in the future yeah we we
2: haven't <laughs> gotta be honest we haven't really spoke about it that much um <laughs> i think it's just kind of rolling for now we've we've got i guess we've got visibility of guests lined up um every month until february now paddy is it so we've, we've got a bit of a pipeline of people that are interested and other people that were speaking to us so i think um mm. i think the plan's to to keep going for a while and um and yeah, we, we, we are talking about whether there'll be any kind of spin-offs, um, maybe some kind of Visual Jam extra sessions where we can maybe deeper dive into certain topics, um, but do that, I don't know, on a maybe on a more ad hoc basis. Um, but yeah, and, and Paddy... <laughs> Paddy and I, I seem to WhatsApp the each other every night. I don't know. It's uh,
1: <laughs> my wife's getting worried, by the way. Grant, she doesn't. She doesn't know who I'm texting.
2: Yeah, I was just. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Paddy, um, he, your, your brain must do, just do overtime because oh, I've got this great idea. Just bear bear with me. I'll do a little storyboard, and he, he sends me ideas all the time. So I think there's a uh, there's plenty of fuel there. That's for sure. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I was I was going to say just to add to that. Like one of the one of the big things that we'd love to do next year is bring in legends like yourself, Mike, um, and, and bring lots of great visual thinkers together and maybe put on a almost like a conference type of event um mm. that we can sort of put through the visual jam. Uh, but really celebrate lots of different elements of visual thinking. And that that would yeah, be, that'd be awesome if we, could, if we could do that. Yeah. So the invite's there right now, Mike.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. And I think you've got the, you're building, I think what's kind of cool is you're building, like you talk about these regular offenders, right? People who are coming again and again, who you probably could count on to deliver, you know, uh, a visit, right? So you know there's a certain level and then you can start planning, right? Then you can plan for things and maybe charge charge a few pounds to cover the cost of things and maybe produce some nice things. And I think the other thing that's interesting is, Making it monthly probably makes sense. You're both working full-time. You're doing other things. You've got families, right? So once a month isn't too bad, especially if it's split across two guys, right? If it was one of you, it might be a lot, but having the two of you makes it manageable. And then you can just keep it rolling monthly because you really just focus on that one. I think any, any more often than that would be probably tough, but it's, it's really exciting to hear that you're thinking about doing some kind of an event. I, that would definitely be something I'd be lo- love to be part of. Uh, if, you, if you're if you planning that. So that would be a lot of fun. Cool. Um, so I think we've talked a little bit about Visual Jam. And it's pretty exciting. And if you haven't seen it. If you haven't attended one. Um, we're going to have links in the show notes. So you can check it out. And attend one. It's really fun to do. I've spoken at one. And I've attended one. And both were fun. For different reasons. Uh, so definitely do check that out. We're going to shift into. Since you're both visual thinkers. We always on the show share favorite tools and typically we do analog and then digital if you use digital tools we've had a few guests who don't use digital much at all and then a few who've been the other way that pretty much use only digital tools so starting with grant what are what are your favorite tools like if you if you had to choose uh tools you would take on a desert island what would they be
2: (laughs) i mean if i had to do the desert island then i think it would be pen and paper but but i I I did start. Most of my stuff has been on the the iPad historically, so mm-hmm. I've I've used the iPad. I mean, it's, it's when the iPad Pro came out and mm-hmm. the Apple Pencil, and and it it changed the game. And and um, so I there's a couple of apps I use on the um, the iPad Pro. I use uh, Paper by WeTransfer. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found that one really simple, and intuitive to to get to grips with. Um, but I found that. Um, that's great for for when you just want to do a quick sketch, but Mm -hmm. if I want to do something a bit more complex or polished or whatever, then um, I use Procreate just because you've got more options. And if you Mm -hmm. want to change things, you know, it's a bit more sophisticated. So those are the two digital um, apps I use. Um, I've been using through lockdown a lot. I've got um, a document camera, just like Mm -hmm. an iPervo document camera. It was like... Mm -hmm. Less, less than hundred pounds from Amazon or something, but it it's been really effective, and I found that that really helps bridge that gap when we'll, when you're working remotely, and you can do the hand drawn thing, but still connect digitally, um, but but with a human kind of feel to it. There's something about being able to see somebody's hand and the, what they're drawing that, that is just completely different from a, from a digital experience. And so um, so I, I found that a really useful tool, especially mm. in the current climate.
0: I've often thought about that. I've been using uh, my, have my iPhone on an, on an arm and found some software actually built by a team in the UK called Camo, uh, which allows you to use the camera on your phone as a document camera, which is really great because the quality is really good. So I definitely echo that, uh, the value of being able to see what's on the desk as you're making it happen. And, And we did that in the visual jam on the first round that we did. So
2: yeah, that worked really well when you were you were combining the drawing with bits of text and highlighting and showing mm-hmm. you're listening. That, that, yeah, that, that was great. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, if you're using analog tools, are there favorite pens? Is there a pen that you have in your pocket or you have on the table there that you sort of rely on over and over again?
2: I use Neuland pens just because mm-hmm. they, they seem to be like really popular. And so I thought, oh, I'll try those. And, and to be fair, they, they, they are good. I think... Um, definitely for the the larger scale kind of um uh you know on a flip chart or a bigger canvas right. that, that they're great and you've got the kind of the pen that the, the well, i'm not looking for the permanent um, ink right. that dries really yeah. quick so you can just wash straight over it so those are really mm-hmm. good um on a smaller scale i'm still i'm still playing around that i'm looking for a pen that's just the right, the right thickness and I've kind of got the, the thicker end of the, of the Neuland ones, um, and, and it's still not quite what I want. Mm-hmm. And then I've got the Neuland Outliner, which which is actually quite a jump up from the, the fine ones. So, um, but um, I was I was actually chatting to um, the Martin Hausman in preparation mm-hmm. for our next visual jam, and, mm-hmm. and he was sketchy live but he had this pen that just like that looked through, really He goes, "Oh, what, what pen's that?" And it's a it's a Tombow brush pen. Oh, yeah. He's using it's kind of like a, a double-sided one, so it's got a gray tip on one end and a black on the other. So, uh, so yeah, I've been playing around with that, and you, you can kind of just um do um italic type writing with it as well. um You get the angles right. I'm still playing with that, but that that's really good. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying that at the moment. Hmm. I
0: hadn't known they had one that had black on one side and gray on the other. That's a really smart yeah. tool, right? Because often people talk about having a black and then a highlight tone a gray tone having those together in the same pen that's that's a pretty cool idea so you'll have to send me a link to that so we can share that yeah there we go nice so how about you patty uh talk about your analog and digital favorite tools what would what do you like to use
1: yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. And Brad's probably covered a, a lot of the key ones. Um, I, I think one of the things I found really useful um, for analog anyway is a lamp, having a really good lamp. So I know mm. you'll be able to see this on the camera, uh, but nobody will be able to see it, on, obviously, when they're hearing the podcast. But um, the one I bought was a, a Brillo uh, lamp. Uh, it's it's available on kind of Amazon and stuff. Um, I just really love the fact that it's so versatile and it, you can kind of, you know, to it can
0: see you're flexing it and turning it.
1: Yeah. And um, I, I just find it, it really just gives it that brightness or just the right brightness right. anyway, when I'm sort of sometimes running training sessions mm-hmm. um, and I have the overhead camera, um, it just, just gives it that extra bit of light. I think that is sometimes needed um, even during the day, um, because mm-hmm. although I'm, I'm sat right in front of a, a window with lots of light. I sometimes just draw the, the blinds and uh, use a light off the lamp because I, mm. I just think it helps magnify the light a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's probably one of the, the useful tools that I've, I've been using for, for the, um, the analog side. And then in terms of pens, um, I was just looking through actually what I've got here. So I've got a Schneider Express pen, which is just a fine liner. Mm. Um, it's a, I think it's a 0.8.
0: I don't know that brand too well. So that's a good, that's a good find.
1: Yeah, I, I just love the the grip on it. It's just very, okay. very rounded and nice to hold. So
0: That makes a difference when you're doing lots of writing.
1: Yeah. Um, and then in terms of the brush pens, I've kind of settled on these Edding brush pens, um, mm-hmm. 1340s. Uh, again, they're probably similar to the one that Grant mentioned there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find them just just, just really light, and, um, and and they seem to have just the right shade. Uh, in terms of what i'm looking for in mm. terms of the effect of the gray um, and the yellows etc so that's that's my sort of go to as well as a noiland brand as well yeah um, so that that's probably on on the analog front in terms of digital uh similar to grand ipad and procreate um i love the fact that the latest version of procreate has some animation yeah in there so definitely looking to experiment more with with that i think um just to bring visuals to life especially on social media um the other thing i've been sort of experimenting a little bit with is um, creating PNG uh, files uh, which have the transparent background Mm -hmm. and then using uh, a video editing tool like uh, Kindmaster and adding some real video footage in the background. So for example, there's a recent post I did which had some static images and then I used a sky movie in the background to show the clouds were all moving. And I I felt it just gave it that extra effect. And and I had loads of people pinging me, asking, well, how how did I create that? Hmm. And actually, it's really simple. Uh, It was just, you know, getting a, a movie clip of some clouds and just imposing it on a still image. Mm. And I think there's so much I'd love to do with that. There's lots of interesting things I think we could do.
2: I'm still waiting for Paddy to give me his tutorial. He's been promising me for weeks <laughs> to show me how to do that. That sounds like a visual
0: jam session right there.
2: It does. I'd say the other one that I thought you'd mention, Paddy, and you didn't, so I'll mention him, is, um, i holding these up to the camera that nobody else can see, but the, you guys can. These uh, playing um, cards, they're like playing cards, but blank playing cards. And mm. Paddy did some of his training, and um, and he, he showed me where he did, like, he prepared a visual background and then he used the cards to just drop them down and tell the story. So you don't have to draw everything mm-hmm. real time, but you can still hand draw an image and build up the story. And um, he did that, in, uh, like a webinar that we did together. So I went and bought myself some and I've used that. That's really good if you, if you want to accelerate the storytelling, but you don't have time to kind of mm-hmm. draw it real time, or you can maybe mix and match a little bit. That's good.
1: That makes sense. And grads' visuals look way better than mine, by the way, so that's uh, – <laughs> they look great. That's why
0: you make a great team, right? <laughs> Everybody has their yeah. skills. I know I've seen, Patty, uh, I've sort of picked up on some of your post-production skills in the promotions for your podcast, for the Visual yeah. Jam, for the backgrounds. Like, you definitely – that programming background and sort of problem-solving perspective um, seems like you have a lot of fun with these visual tools in the form of video, which is – really cool because I think that can capture attention in a unique way as you've identified with this really simple hack, right? Clouds and a static image ping. I think uh, if you, by the time this comes out, we'll make sure that if you have any kind of tutorials that you've shared that we link to them <laughs> because I think lots of uh, visual thinkers are interested in going beyond static and doing some interactivity, whether that's animation or post-production. And I think there's a lot more tools that are being released. You know, you don't have to, to be in some, Post-production tool for professionals to do this work anymore. There's so many tools that you can use right on your phone that are quite powerful. So that's really interesting to hear.
1: Well, I I, I get a lot of my inspiration from my 11 uh, year old daughter. So mm. uh, it, you know, I'm I'm not one to go out and and review a lot of tools. Um, she she finds all this stuff, and I just steal the best bits. So I've got to give her credit for that.
0: <laughs> that's good. That's good. Thank you for sharing your tools and we'll make sure and uh, get show notes on here. So those who are interested in checking them out can find those tools and we'll, not only are we talking about practical things, but uh, I know myself, I found plenty of really interesting tools that I hadn't known about simply by doing interviews. So I'm sure people listening are gaining as well in that regard. So it's always good. I think it's good. Sometimes you find just the right tool. You know, Grant, you've talked about just, you want to find just the right pen. It's the right thickness, the right feel, that can be very, you know, that can make a huge difference between doing lots of work and being held back a little bit. So um, as much as we try to be independent of tools in our thinking, those tools do have an impact and are important, right? So I think that's this is good. Um, so now we're in the tips uh, part of the show. And because we have two of you on, um, I think it made sense for each of you to have two tips. Then we have we end up with one more than usual. Normally we have one person and they get three so we'll, we'll start with Grant and these can be um, either practical or they can be, you know, philosophical. The way I frame it for guests is imagine there's someone listening, they're doing visual thinking of some kind um, and they f- then maybe they just need some encouragement. You know, they're, we're in the middle of a pandemic uh, or maybe they feel like they've reached a plateau and they need a little inspiration to sort of bump up uh, to the next level. What would be a couple of things you would encourage somebody with for two tips, Grant? So I think there's,
2: there's one um, I guess really practical one around around sketchnoting and and and, um, and live sketchnoting in in particular because I I struggled from making that transition from kind of drawing, I, I could do the icons, that was all fine, but working at speed and, mm. and knowing how to how to do all that stuff. Um, and I think that the, the bit that I found is is useful is just if you can focus on just capturing the, those key words and and work on your lettering so that you can make that look good, you, you don't need to capture an image for everything to make a sketch note look good. You can just leave some space around it, and if you've got time, you can come back and finish it later if you need to. Um, and I think that that Penny probably dropped watching one of your sessions, Mike, because I've noticed that you do actually quite a lot of letter work in your sketch notes. Mm-hmm. But it's not obvious when you see the finished result because it still looks visually appealing because you're using the right contrast of fonts and consistency. So I definitely think um, starting by capturing a few simple words and giving yourself the breathing space, then you can come back and decorate and shade. Mm, That's a good good one. Um, So, yeah, I'd say that, and I don't know, I'm lacking inspiration for a second one. I think think I'd probably say something like... um, just to try and get, try and form a habit uh, and, and practice. Um, I'd give a shout out to Christina Seravoy, who does the Sketching for UX um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: hashtag. And, and you can sign up for Christina's um, uh, email and she'll send you prompts every day for 100 days. And don't get me wrong, after 85 days of drawing prompts every day, um, I kind of wish I hadn't, but it was really good at. at at forcing the habit and practicing every day and, and, and then beyond that I'm, I'm not doing those challenges in the same way but I, I try and build sketching into just everything i i do even if it's just doodling in a meeting just to just to keep going and so yeah just i think just look for the opportunity to practice hmm. so patty you've
0: had a little time to think now so uh, now it's, <laughs> now you're on the spot
2: oh wow okay <laughs> it's very be good
1: I'll try and maybe give a two and a little bit then, um, okay. which is not quite three. No <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think for, for me, because after the pandemic, uh, I was forced to do a lot of online training. Um, so my role uh, really changed within our organization. And um, I was I was thrust into the limelight to actually deliver a lot of remote training. So I wanted to create some form of impact with the learners because it was really hard to connect with the limited tools that we had. So I would say for anyone that is looking to use visual thinking for classrooms or, or learners, I, I found live sketching was was really, uh, really, really impactful. But part of that was actually, as, as Grant, Grant mentioned earlier, not to have to pre-draw everything or draw it live, sorry, mm-hmm. not to have to draw it all live because... I think as you're building up your confidence, that can be quite challenging. Um, So maybe prepare some visuals already. Maybe it could be the background. uh, And maybe you could have some cards and you could already have drawn some icons on there. And I think what's more important is the story that we tell. So, you know, if there's a concept that we're training, um, prepare some visuals, uh, have maybe some element of live drawing. But actually what I think is really important is the storytelling around that. To say, you know, what is this? Uh, is there a beginning, a middle, and an end? How does it all tie together? And I think that can be really, really impactful um, to kind of engage the audience. So that that's probably my first one and a half tips is mm-hmm. is to have a have a go at that. My second one would be uh, for someone who produces a lot of slideware. So I, I have to produce a lot of slideware in my in my job, uh, lots of presentations. Um, that can be quite boring sometimes, you know, when we're talking about portfolios and revenue and all of this good stuff, mm. it can become quite boring. So I would say, you know, if you want to go digital, uh, why not use that digital work in your slides? And I think for the last two and a half years, I I've, I rarely have I used any stock images in my slides. I always try and sketch them myself. Mm. Um, not to say that they're very good, uh, but, you know, just having that hand-drawn element I, I think people really appreciate that and uh, again it can be something very simple it could be a metaphor uh, but it really gets people to hook in to the visual um, so that's probably my second one
2: mm-hmm. yeah I'd echo, I'd echo that one Paddy because I think when we talk back to how we met and the event that I went to that was what I kind of remarked upon wasn't it it was it was how engaging those slides felt because it wasn't stock images and, and mm-hmm. you know, boring diagrams it was it was something that drew my eye, and and then, um, you know, like Patty says, then the story you tell over the top of that. You know, I think that's a good tip.
0: Kind of weaves it all together, and it adds a human touch, right? I think the thing yeah. we're missing the most in this pandemic is the human touch. So we're trying to find it in in these remote sessions, in the materials that you're sharing, like all those things. Any way you can add a little touch to it, uh, just helps remember. Oh, that's right, I am a human being and not a machine. <laughs> and i miss people and eventually we'll get to see people again but you know right now we have to we have to go a different way so those are really great tips from both of you thank you so much how do people reach you we'll go again grant and then patty uh what's the best ways social media or websites to reach uh you grant and then you patty
2: um probably the easiest way to connect to me is is through linkedin that's I'm probably most active on on linkedin Mm -hmm. um But I, I, well, I'm reasonably active on uh, Instagram as well under my company name, Scarlet um, underscore solutions. Mm -hmm. Scarlet has two T's. Um, And uh, on Twitter, GW underscore right.
0: Okay. And you, Patty.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit of a laggard when it comes to social media. So I I think I missed out on the whole Facebook. Uh, explosion and now I've missed the boat on it. I think now Facebook isn't um, as popular <laughs> as as maybe some of these other multimedia platforms. So um, I'm predominantly on LinkedIn uh, and what's the other one? Oh, and my website, so paddydander.com. Um, I try and link to my podcast on there as well, mm-hmm. which is called The Peaky Agile List. And I was uh, super pleased to have Mike on there. Um, uh, I think it was in the last episode.
0: Yeah, that was really um, fun.
1: Yeah. So I, I think for me, yeah, it's probably and my LinkedIn profile. I am on Instagram, but um, I'm, I'm not that active.
0: Don't post there much. Maybe missing on Facebook was a blessing instead of a curse for you, <laughs> Paddy, so. Oh, we should mention the Visual Jam as yes, well. Yes, of course, of course. So
2: at the Visual Jam um, on Twitter and Instagram as well. And then from there, you can find uh, links to the meetup group where you can join and subscribe okay. to the mailing list and all that good stuff.
0: So everything kind of centers through the ma- the meetup is where all the events are announced and you uh, ticket yeah. it in and so forth. Right. Yeah. That's really great. And I think what's great about that is it becomes, you know, that makes it immediately international because people can come through the meetup and find it. I'm, I imagine there might be some discoverability there as well, but it sounds like most of it's uh, word of mouth, which is the best kind of promotion that you can get. Well, this has been really fun talking with you both. Um, thanks for being on the show for sharing a little bit about the visual jam and if you haven't attended as i've said before if you haven't attended one of these events you need to do it it's really fun uh for people like me in the u.s it's just after lunch typically around one o'clock for me in the middle of the u.s so find an opportunity to make 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 your way to one of these because it's really fun to see the guys work and see all the interesting people from around the world that keep on popping up so thank you guys for being on the show this has been really
2: fun thanks mike
1: it's a privilege, Mike. So thank you so much. Um, you know, we're, we're big fans of your work. So to be on your podcast, I, I think for this year's goals, that was <laughs> one I didn't have on the, on the page. I just didn't think that was ever going to happen. So thank you so much.
2: No, I couldn't echo that more.
0: <laughs> well, thanks guys. <laughs> and for everyone who's listening, that'll wrap the show until the next episode of the Sketch Note Army podcast. We'll talk to you soon. The Sketch Note Army podcast was created by me, Mike Rohde, and brought to you by Rodesign Studios. It's produced and edited by Alec Polianis of Amp Creative Studios. The theme music was created by John Schiedemeyer. To support the creation of this show, I invite you to buy one of my books, the Sketchnote Handbook or the Sketchnote Workbook. You can find the books on Amazon or go to peachpit.com and use the code RODY40 for 40% off. Please share this podcast with other visual thinking friends and be sure to leave a nice rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app so others can find the show.